The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. That's right. Bear down, Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill... Zimmerman with you and um, felt like I had to jump in on a podcast here talk about a few things that have gone down with the Bears here in the last couple weeks a lot of information being tossed around a lot of speculation being tossed around and not a lot of results that Bears fans want to see so probably not going to be the longest podcast in the world just a a few things to get my thoughts down uh, on audio on mp3 whatever you want to call it about what's going on here with the Chicago Bears. Because look, this offseason has been underwhelming to to say the least here. There's there's no Bears fans, I'm sure, that are sitting out there right now going, what a job Ryan Pace has done bringing in the likes of Andy Dalton, bringing in the likes of Trufant, bringing in the, you know, Damian Williams. Nice signing, I like Damian Williams. You know, bringing back Christian Jones. I don't think anyone is overly excited about what's going on here, especially when you mix in the loss of Kyle Fuller. But to me, and I have not wavered on this, this offseason is not over. The potential for a big splash is not over. And all of that, all of that depends on the quarterback position. The Bears were never going to really make big splashes. I know they tried Trent Williams. I know they tried Kenny Galladay. But this offseason had one goal, that is to fix the quarterback position. Now, you're going to sit there and react and say, Andy Dalton does not fix the quarterback situation, and he does not. But Andy Dalton, as I said, when they were talking about signing him, that was insurance. And a lot of people I don't think quite understood what I meant by insurance. Insurance being that the Chicago Bears are still going to go for a quarterback. This is not over. The Chicago Bears are still going to try to upgrade the quarterback position, but they have not been able to do so yet. It's getting late in the game. You can't sit there and let every decent quarterback get signed, and then you you have your plan for trading up for a rookie, or you have your plan for Russell Wilson, and it doesn't come to fruition, and then you're sitting there going, all right, so what do we have left? 
You don't even have Trubisky at this point. You've got Nick Foles. Maybe you've got a six-round rookie, and you're sitting there going, what are we supposed to do now that we don't have a quarterback? And that's the one thing we needed to do was solve the quarterback position. So they needed a player that could start and hopefully have a functional offense, you know, be functional in this offense, but at the same time, if he is traded or if he is, if he becomes the backup, you know, that you're still okay doing that. And I really think that's the focal point of where the Chicago Bears are with Andy Dalton. I get it. They told Andy Dalton he was the starter. Andy Dalton signed here, believing he is to be the starter. But if they can still make Russell Wilson happen, you don't think they're not going to do that? Of course they're going to do that. Here's what I will say about the Russell Wilson situation. So let's talk about the quarterback for a little bit. I'll get into some of the other signings here to kind of wrap up the podcast. But let's get to the quarterback position first. And let's start with Russell Wilson because, look, you know, I'm not, I never claim to be Adam Schefter. I never claim to have tons of inside scoops. I pass along information when I think information is warranted to pass along. You know, I got some flack on Twitter. You want to give me flack here? I don't care. At Zimmerman SXM, you go right ahead. But here's what I, here's what I said. I said the Chicago Bears were being extremely aggressive in their pursuit of a quarterback. Said that a few weeks ago. Then followed that up with the momentum tweet that got a lot of play, a lot of action, a couple days uh, prior to free agency opening. So let, let me give you a little ex- explanations on that. Heard that the Bears were being really aggressive. And then, of course, what does Adam Schefter tweet? The Bears are being really aggressive, especially towards Russell Wilson. So, you know, we had some, some confirmation there that that, in fact, was going on. The momentum tweet was about Seattle and Chicago engaging further in conversations. The Chicago Bears had been checking in. And, you know, if you're following this story closely, this is not any inside crazy inside information. This is stuff that had been mentioned by Schefter, by Rappaport, you know, by guys like uh, Garofalo. Plenty, Plenty of information coming out about how the Chicago Bears had been checking in with Seattle constantly. Some people were saying daily about Russell Wilson. Dating back to January, this went all the way back to January. This was not something that popped up in March and they said, hey, let's give it a shot. This is something the Chicago Bears were working on before the Super Bowl because they started hearing some rumblings that Russell Wilson may want out of Seattle. So they were checking in then. Then you get a little momentum with the Schefter tweet about the four teams. Of course, the Chicago Bears are on there. Then what's going on? What's going on? You kept hearing about Russell Wilson and his four teams, and he's unhappy in Seattle and and everything that's going on. The momentum was Seattle wasn't really listening. Seattle was not hanging up the phone. Seattle was talking to Pace, but it wasn't fully engaged in trade talks. When I tweeted that about momentum, I had caught wind that there were actual conversations. There was a back and forth. There was, what if we trade you this? What about this idea? There was... They were trying to work on on a framework to a deal. Now, you start hearing different things out of the Seattle side. You start hearing that John Schneider was on board with what the Bears were offering. You heard that Pete Carroll wasn't. You've also heard that Seattle wasn't considering it at all, or they considered it, but as a team, you know, as as a front office, they decided collectively not to do it. So I haven't heard exactly what went on from the Seattle side, but the Chicago Bears made an offer. And we heard from Dan Patrick and the Bears blog, they were both really close with what the offer was with the three first round picks, a couple of players, 
you know, and, and that was kind of the core, core, the, the core offer. That's where there was this momentum coming from that they were actually engaging in conversations and Seattle said, all right, if we're going to trade him, what do we need? And it seems that the holdup right now is the Seahawks quarterback position. The Seahawks, they want to be competitive. They are not trading Russell Wilson and looking to rebuild. They are looking to trade Russell Wilson and reload and continue to be a competitive team in the NFC West. Now, when you go from a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, you got to make sure you have something competent. Now, we've heard that Seattle likes Andy Dalton and they liked him coming out of the draft. Does Schneider still think Andy Dalton? Does Pete Carroll still think Andy Dalton might be a potential fit for them? Is, is that why the Bears acquired Andy Dalton? Or is Andy Dalton just the insurance and he'd be Russell Wilson's backup if that happens? You know, that, that's a potential thing. We've heard a lot about Sam Darnold. Could Sam Darnold be a guy that Seattle acquires or the Bears acquire in a way to move him to Seattle? You know, what does Seattle want? Does Seattle want a quarterback? Does Seattle say they need to be able to get up and get Mac Jones? I'm Again, I'm not hearing this. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. The Seahawks need a quarterback that they're comfortable with where they can tell their fan base, hey, look, we got all these first round picks. We got a couple quality NFL players. Yes, we lost Russell Wilson, but we believe that we still have competency at the quarterback position and we're still in competition for the NFC West. That's where the Seahawks need to be. So the word that was used to me about the Russell Wilson situation with the Chicago Bears was tabled. And that's where I'm going to focus. The conversation was tabled. It was not ended. And if you hear Schefter, Schefter keeps dropping a couple sticks into the campfire to make sure that flame just keeps going and the smoke kind of keeps trickling out there. Tabled. This was not a Seahawks going... We're not interested. This is the Seahawks own. We can't do this now. Was there a conversation about with Seattle and Chicago saying we need a path to Sam Darnold? We need a path to Mac Jones. What what exactly is the situation there? Is it a situation where they're waiting till draft day so the Bears can offer a fourth first round pick? Again, the only day of the year is draft day when you can offer four first round picks. The league only allows you to go three years into the future. So the Chicago Bears right now could only offer 2021, 2022, and 2023 first-round picks. But on draft day, they can offer suddenly the the three future picks become 2022, 2023, and 2024. And then you can also offer the 2021 pick. So that is the one day of the year the Bears can potentially do that. So I am not saying Russell Wilson will be for sure in a Chicago Bears uniform. It's still 50-50 at best. Maybe it's a little less because the Seahawks are tabling it and, you know, the offseason has progressed. The Seahawks have made a couple moves, you would think, to try and make Russell Wilson happy. So again, nothing's for certain, especially in this case when you're trying to acquire the likes of a talent of Russell Wilson. But the bottom line here is this conversation did not end with the Seahawks. This conversation was tabled. So this is going to kick up again closer to the draft, you know, leading into the draft here, the Bears and Russell Wilson. And I think that's why the Bears have been largely quiet here in free agency, because if they make big splashes and sign a couple guys, we know how little cap space they have. You make big splashes now, you're not going to be able to move money around for Russell Wilson. And, and before we kind of get to that, 
Here's the bottom line with Russell Wilson. And you heard this now from Jeff Darlington. He's got one foot out the door. He doesn't have any intentions of putting that foot back in. And you know that expression they, they like to throw around there? Happy wife, happy life. That plays a big part in this discussion. Sierra does not want to be in Seattle anymore. She is taking a role in the markets that Russell Wilson wants, you know, is suggesting that he would play in because those are markets she would want to be in. She's got a career. She's got endorsements. She's got plenty on her plate. She does not want to be in the Pacific Northwest anymore. She wants out. Russ wants to keep her happy. Russ isn't exactly in love with Pete Carroll's offense. So that's where this is coming from. This is, you know, in Seattle, I think has kind of had enough of Russ. Russ sometimes, you know, behind the scenes, it appears can be a little difficult. As a Chicago Bears fan, do I care about that right now? Absolutely not. But at this point, the Chicago Bears are still holding out hope for Russell Wilson. And if that doesn't work, I think the Chicago Bears are still holding out hope to get a quality quarterback in the draft. Will it be in the first round? I, I don't know. I'm sure that will depend on how the draft unfolds. But uh, Flip has been at pretty much every quarterback pro day there is. The Bears are scouting these guys very carefully. So th this quarter, the Bears are not planning on going to camp with Dalton and Foles. The Bears are planning on making a splash at the quarterback position still. And it's just a matter of can they get this across the finish line? Because you, know, you sit there and say Russ has a huge cap and the Bears currently don't even have enough money to pay their, their, their rookies. Well, that's what's interesting about what's left on the Chicago Bears roster that they can restructure. Now, if they trade for Russell Wilson, that's going to mean, of course, they're going to extend him. I think he's got three years left on his deal. They're going to want five years at least with Russell Wilson. So they're going to give him an extension. They're going to give him a bonus up front, and they're going to be able to push that bonus across multiple years and get Russell Wilson's cap number down significantly. Now, to pay Russell Wilson and be able to do that, they're going to have to make some moves. The most glaring thing here for me is Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's got a big old cap number this year, and it makes no sense for the Chicago Bears to keep him at that cap number. But here's two things to keep in mind. What happens with Russell Wilson? We heard about how Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham are tight, and it would make perfect sense for the Chicago Bears to want Jimmy Graham on this roster if they can get Russell Wilson but they're not gonna want him at that price. But if they can't get Russell Wilson, they're not gonna have any interest, I think, in having Jimmy Graham on this roster at all. So doesn't it make significantly more sense to wait and see where the Russell Wilson situation plays out? And if you don't get him, you can cut Jimmy Graham and open up, you know, what, 10 million or so in, in salary cap space if you cut Graham. If you do acquire Russell Wilson, you can then extend and restructure Graham and get his 20, uh, 20, 2021 number way down. I think that's why the Bears are waiting on Graham. Look, they have another, they could restructure Robert Quinn's deal, which would mean Robert Quinn would be much more difficult to get rid of in the future. And I get that does not sound like a good idea. But if that's the trade-off to get Russell Wilson in a Bears uniform, you do it. And of course, you also have the, Elephant in the room that is Akeem Hicks, and would the Bears just outright release him to free up Hicks's salary as well? That's obviously not something you want to uh, 
to see happen. Hicks is a key part of that defense, a great guy, you know, a great guy in that locker room. But, you know, that could be business and that may be the way they go. So they still have paths to free up money to bring in a guy like Russell Wilson. But I think, again, all this, the small amount of moves they've made, the this tiny, the, the low impact moves they've made is because they are singularly focused this offseason on bringing in a quarterback. And right now, with everything going on with Deshaun Watson, I think that ship has sailed for any team in the NFL. Deshaun Watson is either going to be suspended this year or playing on the Houston Texans. I can't see that playing out any other way unless something major comes out in in favor of of Deshaun Watson here in the next couple months. I think that's headed to an ugly spot for Watson. The Raiders seem very content with Derek Carr. So when you sit there and look at the veterans, Matt Ryan looks like the Falcons are committing to him because they restructured money and pushed money around, making it even more difficult for him to get moved. So I think the Bears are sitting there going, we can get Russell Wilson or we can get a rookie. So that's going to come down to draft day. There's no point to even be discussing that kind of stuff right now. So I think that's where the Chicago Bears are with the quarterback situation. Is it Harry? Oh, yeah, it's Harry. Do Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's jobs depend on it? You bet your ass they do. Because, again, George McCaskey, and he said this publicly, Nagy and Pace need to go out there and fix the quarterback position. He pretty much said it bluntly in in that press conference. Now, if you remember the podcast I had after that press conference, I didn't like what George McCaskey said. I didn't like what George McCaskey did because George McCaskey could put Pace and Nagy in a desperate situation, and that's exactly how they're behaving here, trying to get Russell Wilson at all costs. And at the same time, because the quarterback position has been such a focal point for George, not focusing on other positions within the offense and the defense because they're singularly focused on the quarterback position which is why this offseason has been so underwhelming for the Chicago Bears. So this still dates back to the press conference that George had and the position he put Pace and Nagy in, but I'm living in the world that George created. So right now I'm sitting here looking at what can Pace and Nagy do to get the quarterback situation solved because going into a season with Dalton and Foles does not work. Now, Nick Foles right now is on this roster. There's not a lot of opportunities for Nick Foles to get traded. Opportunities early in the offseason seem to be Indianapolis, seem to be Philadelphia, and seem to be Denver. Those seem to be the three options. Philadelphia just signed Joe Flacco. They're out. Indianapolis traded for Carson Wentz. They're certainly not going to trade for Nick Foles and create that dynamic for Carson Wentz again. That's not going to happen. So that leaves the Broncos. Are the Broncos that interested in, in Nick Foles that they'll trade for him when they know there's not really any other teams interested in Nick Foles? I don't know. Do they wait and see if the Bears do make a splash at the quarterback position and are forced to eat money and cut Nick Foles? That could be a possibility. Do they throw a conditional sixth, seventh round pick so they don't have to give up anything this year and in next year it's, it's minimal at best? That might be a possibility. But I do think the Bears are still trying to jettison Nick Foles if they can. And I think other than that, you know, you look at what the Chicago Bears and what Ryan Pace has done with this offense and defense in this offseason. And look, the couple of the moves are decent, but they're not exciting. I'm very disappointed in what transpired with Kyle Fuller 
Did Kyle Fuller not play ball? I get it. You can't pay Kyle Fuller $20 million. You can't have a $20 million cap hit with the cap situation what it is. Did Kyle Fuller not want to be in Chicago anymore? Did he just not engage the Bears in restructuring or extensions? Is that what happened? Because if that's what happened, then Kyle Fuller forced his way out. We haven't heard anything like that. We heard the Bears wanted Kyle Fuller to get about half the amount of money he was owed, which I believe was $14 million, which means the Bears were asking him to get paid about $7 million this year. Now, I would assume the Bears are not asking him to take a flat pay cut and just here's $7 million, you'd be a free agent next year. I would assume there was an extension involved with Kyle Fuller, but Kyle Fuller wasn't interested. Now, he gets released, he signs with the Broncos immediately, hello, tampering, and at that point, it was, I think, $9 million. So he only got a couple million more than he would have gotten with Chicago. So I'm curious how that posi- how that played out. I haven't heard anything specifically, but you do have to wonder if Kyle Fuller forced his way out of Chicago by not really engaging the Bears in extensions and knowing that he was not going to be able to get paid $20 million. Akeem Hicks, you know, still on the roster for now. We'll see if that continues. And I think, you know, the Bears really wanted to give Hicks a wake-up call. We heard the report that they let Akeem Hicks go out there and seek a trade. And then suddenly that report quietly went away and that Hicks and the Bears were expecting to have him on the roster in 2021. Now, why is that? Because Akeem Hicks is an older player. He's got a big old salary cap next number next to him. And these teams, not just the Bears, but pretty much every team in the NFL does not have any money. So trying to find space for Hicks's salary on your roster and giving up draft capital to get him was not something a lot of teams were interested in. This is a tough off season for the NFL. So now suddenly Hicks is back and Hicks is quiet. Allen Robinson suddenly put, pay, you know, signs his tag. Why? Because the wide receiver market is atrocious. If the Chicago Bears had signed Kenny Galladay, Allen, now maybe they wanted Galladay and Robinson and Mooney. Maybe that was the plan. But if they signed Kenny Galladay with the idea that they would just rescind the tag on Robinson and Allen Robinson had to hit the free agent market this year, that was not something Allen Robinson wanted to do. So Pace playing hardball a little bit with Hicks and Robinson, and at least in the short term, it's paid off. Hicks is quiet and expects to be back, and Allen Robinson signs his franchise tag after all the reports were out that he would not be signing the tag anytime soon. Then suddenly he gets wind of the wide receiver market, he gets wind of the Kenny Holiday Bears thing, And next thing you know, he signs on the dotted line. So in that case, the Bears were able to get a couple things done. But again, when you look at this roster overall, Damian Williams, I like that move. I thought the Bears needed a a solid backup running back behind Montgomery last year. I didn't think they had it. And now with Williams, Cohen, and Montgomery, I think that's a nice backfield. When you look at the wide receiver core, they need to do something there. You heard rumors that they, you know, Anthony Miller was going to be gone. That still might be the case. But if that is the case, I know Anthony Miller's up and down. They do not have a third wide receiver. They have no depth at the wide receiver position. As far as we can tell, Riley, Riley Ridley cannot play. He's never on the field. There has to be something going on there. And you've got Javon Wims, who's an okay blocker, but he's certainly not separated himself in any way to this Chicago Bears franchise. And Anthony Miller, who's all over the place, who will make a phenomenal catch one week, then disappear for a month. So they have issues at the wide receiver position. In the offensive line, here's where things are, things are difficult. Massey was going to be an obvious cut. 
you know, you hear a lot of talk that the Chicago Bears are going to draft a tackle, but at the same time, the Chicago Bears might be planning on trading away a lot of draft capital this year if things break their way at the draft and they can go get Wilson or a quarterback. Therefore, they need to kind of make sure they have this offensive line figured out. So they bring back a Fetty and they give him a raise. They plan on having a Fetty start at right tackle. The Bears are not in a position financially to pay a Fetty, I think it's $5 million a year, to be the backup right guard and right tackle. They don't have that kind of money. So they brought in a Fetty to start. Obviously, they're expecting Daniels healthy. They got white hair. Looks like uh, Sam Mustafer is going to be the starting center. As far as we can tell, Leno is still on the roster. Obviously, they still could draft a tackle in the draft. Maybe that would mean they jettison Leno at that point if they're comfortable with having a rookie left tackle. So, you know, a lot on the uh, a lot evolving right now on the Chicago Bears and their uh, and their offensive line situation. They also bring in Elijah Wilkinson. I don't think they have any plans to start Elijah Wilkinson. I think that is a swing tackle hire. Jason Spriggs was not good last year. I think they're just giving Wilkinson a shot and expect him to be the the swing tackle. So you're looking at an offensive line right now of Leno, Whitehair, Mustafer, Daniels, Afedi, Bars as a backup, Wilkinson as a backup, and I would expect them to bring a couple rookies in. You know, again, depending on what they do with the draft, but, you know, first, second round caliber, mid-round, late-round caliber. And, you know, they've still got Simmons and Hambright in the mix there as well. So I think that's kind of basically how the offensive line is going to shape up. On the defensive side of the ball, I like Christian Jones. I think that was a smart move. I uh, said that towards the end of last season, the Chicago Bears did not have any depth at the inside linebacker position. That was a big risk. Iggy clearly is looked at as a special teams player only. They are not looking at him at defense. I assume he's going to be gone when his contract is up, which I believe is after this season. He is not considered inside linebacker material for whatever reason. So that is definitely not something the Chicago Bears are considering, so they bring in Christian Jones. Now, you want to play conspiracy theorist? Did they bring in Christian Jones so they had someone they felt could step in and start an inside linebacker in case Roquan Smith needs to be traded to the Seattle Seahawks. So they signed Desmond Trufant to replace Kyle Fuller. That is a risk. Desmond Trufant can still play. He's a good player. In fact, if you remember that Bears game, Trubisky, the comeback against the Lions week one, Trufant got hurt. And right after that is when Mitch got hot. So, you know, keep that in mind. Trufant can still play, but he's had a lot of injuries the last couple seasons. Starting to get a little older, you have to question just exactly where Trufant is at this point in his career. They got a lot of youth at the cornerback spots between Vildor and Shelley and Trey Roberson, the guy they got from the CFL who missed all of last season. So they have some youth there, but do they have any youth they can trust besides Jalen Johnson? So definitely some question marks in the secondary. I know they've signed Deion Bush to quote unquote start opposite Eddie Jackson again, but you know, the Bears could very easily still bring back Gibson or there's always veteran safeties available for cheap as the offseason moves along because there's just never enough of a safety market for the amount of quality safeties that there are. So again, the Chicago Bears offseason right now, pretty darn underwhelming, but I'm going to stick with this and, and stick with this and say the Chicago Bears are not done in their pursuit of Russell Wilson. Tabled.
the conversation has been tabled. So we'll see what happens here as we approach the draft and see if things start to heat up a little bit more. But again, where there's smoke, there's fire. And forget Ian Rappaport. I really don't think he's that plugged into the Seattle situation. He's been off, and then suddenly his information changes to Schefter's information when his information goes south. So don't, I wouldn't keep that close. I'm not saying Rap gets good information. I'm not saying he, he's not a, he's a bad in, in information guy. He gets plenty of good information, but I don't know how plugged in he is here on the Seattle situation with what Russ Wilson. Adam Schefter's plugged in on every situation. He's not closing the door. Jeff Darlington's not closing the door. Field Yates isn't closing the door. Mike Garofello's not closing the door. Nobody is closing the door. And you want to know why? Because the door isn't closed. That's going to do it for Bears Banter. We'll talk to you again soon. Bear down, everybody. Adios. Adios.